Transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula, 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to Raider Cop Podcast. Today's episode 144, The Shit Show. And we have a lot to talk about. How do you get in contact with this podcast? Well, you just type RaiderCopNation.com, and that'll bring you there to the page where all our podcasts are listed you can hear them and you can also reach out and do some shopping with us we'll get on that a little bit later in the program but uh, always updating always doing good things now if you haven't heard there has been protesting slash rioting all over So if you listen out your window, you might hear the crowd out there right now. It's happening all over America, popping up everywhere. And the Democrats, the leftists, the socialists, the communists, they're all happy. Like a witch with a brand new broomstick. Like a dog with a brand new bone. They are ecstatic about what is happening in America. This show is going to discuss this in detail. And I can tell you right now, there's no way possible you can do just one episode. It is coming so fast that I have decided push back the agenda if we look at our episodes that we had uh, coming up right after this one we had uh, the law enforcement officer safety act Leosa pushing that back the G-Shock pushing that back Bernie no wait not that one the Leo one pushing that back and uh, what we should uh, have learned about the ambush of April 7th pushing that back We're going to stay with Benny Squint on the Wise Guys series, July 22nd, episode 149. That was scheduled. We're going to leave that there. And then July 29th, I had the Glock. We're pushing that back. That's how many shows we're going to have. Now, if you remember, we were doing episodes about incompetent leadership and corrections. And uh, I think we got to four 
episodes on that. And I said uh, maybe a total of 10 I was going to do. So we're going to start merging these all together. So we're going to look at all aspects of criminal justice. My friends, the mask is falling. The political hacks that have been promoted within the ranks of law enforcement are now being tapped on the shoulder by their mayors, by their councilmen, councilwomen, governors, whatever the circumstances, and they told them it's time to perform. They're coming out with immediate terminations regardless of the evidence. They are pandering to the crowd. They are motivating motivating the media and basic police 101 has gone out the window. To the shock of many police chiefs and sheriffs around the nation that now want to act like they never knew that all these political hacks have been in place. You see, many of them have been placed there and groomed for 20, 30, 40 years. Some of these governments have prepared leaders for these police departments and corrections departments and some of them not fulfilled that destiny of becoming chief but they got high up on the totem pole eventually the ones that they needed got there and today you have a more law, a law enforcement agency that is more minority than white and uh, we're going to do a, an episode on that too. But just an example of that in NYPD, 51% of the agency of the, I believe, 38,000 strong are minority. And a lot of that is owed to the National Latino Officers Association, which sued and won over $20 million, $24 million, $26 million, one of those figures on um, not having enough minorities and discrimination. So New York City started to turn towards minority em employing them. And maybe around the country it's been the same. This has fueled the Democratic Party because they are the party of bigotry and of race issues. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that tell me, well, if you keep on saying that, you're going to exclude a lot of people that might enjoy the show because now they know that you don't like Democrats, they might turn it off. Well, I would encourage them not to do that because I don't dislike Democrats. I have a lot of friends that are Democrats. What I dislike are the individuals that are hiding in the Democratic Party, holding it hostage because their true passion is that of socialism and communism, and they would like nothing more than to see the destruction of 
every police department in America and this beautiful country. That's what I dislike. So I don't have, if you want to try to label, you're this, you're that. You, you know, in today's society, you have to identify yourself with one of the two political parties so you can freaking vote. So, so you get a voter's registration card in the mail so you can go to a primary. This is how bad it is. If you opt out, well, you don't go to the primary. You sit on the sidelines and we'll tell you regarding as far as the uh, two parties what you're going to do after that. And I don't like that. But I mostly see myself as a libertarian, which is an individual that believes in the true law and the consistency of the Constitution. Nothing more, nothing less. It was the way the country was designed, the forefathers what they had in mind, and those transitions that have occurred to the Constitution, those are the ones that I believe in. So now we're being told by a Democratic Party eating up, playing the same playbook of Lyndon Johnson, talking about race issues in America, right out of the 1960s. And people are eating it up. They're eating it up. They've got Shady Slim out there, Sharpton. He's going around and, man, he lives for this. His very existence is this stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of people are living um, glued to the television looking at this madness, either supporting it. When I say supporting, I'm not talking about demonstrators. I'm talking about rioters, and I'm not going to read the definition of the two. You can look it up yourself. There is a definition for a protester, and there is a definition for a rioter. Basically, as soon as you start acting out and making any act of criminal intent, you take away your right to be a protester, and you become a criminal thug that needs to be arrested because that's the law. And the law was established by God according to Scripture. And on that note, it's time for the Word of the Week. And now abide faith, hope, Love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. First Corinthians 13, 13. And of course, you can always pick up more of what I just read. We explain it. We uplift you. We motivate you to continue your spiritual journey 15 minutes or less on the same day that we launch this web, uh, episode, which is every Wednesday. You can hear Test Everything 1521, and it's uh, 15 minutes or less. That's it. And you will hear about this 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Okay, we have a lot, 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 lot to talk about, folks. And uh, I, I wish we had the ability 
to go longer. And, uh, but uh, I'd lose the audience. So I'm going to take our time. We're going to dissect this. This is a difficult times that we're in now. And there's one of two things you can do. You can stand up for what is right, whatever your ethos is on that subject. Or you can cowardly sit back and say, doesn't interest me. Anyone that is an American citizen that is seeing what is going on in this country and is not motivated to do one of the two that I just mentioned, then you're not alive. To casually say it doesn't affect you is mind-boggling because it does. Well, I've chosen to stand up for what I believe in, my ethos, and the fighting that I truly believe I'm fighting against, and that is a socialist, communist agenda that is trying to suck in our country. And they are using every method that they can to get there. And policing is one of those. Destroy police. Too much power, too many forms of policing. But we're not going to jump ahead of the show. So, as you know, we always get the clowns ready. We are about to start. Episode 144, The Shit Show. Time for the clowns. Episode 144, this is Alpha Mike, and we are talking about the shit show. Exactly speaking about the massive amounts of mistakes that police officers are doing around the country that is fueling the flames and inciting protest and rioting. Both are not the same. This was so big that it took over the coronavirus, threw it away. All of a sudden, wearing a mask, staying at home, having your protective PPEs on, went out the window, all in the name of social justice. Permissible. Sometimes you have to wonder, How cynical and how sinister is the media? So it starts off 
with George Floyd and the incident of his arrest. Now, a lot of people have talked about he was under um, drugs at the time. He had a criminal record. He did this, he did that. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual detention and arrest. Now, from the video that I saw, he was already on the ground. I know that there's other video feeds out there, and I don't really care to see them. Because what I saw and what you saw when he was on the ground, there's no explanation for it whatsoever. It's not in any training manuals in any academy in this country. So we look at 8 minutes and 46 seconds of footage where we see an officer we, well, on the frame we see two officers. One is doing a very bad job of crowd control and the other one is executing the force. There are two next to the ones, the one we see executing the force that are not really on the video feed. And, but they are holding him down. They're holding his lower and mid extremities. We just can't see him on the video feed from that angle. And then we have the individual, which is extending that force that they're using to secure or subdue him. And that officer places a pressure on his neck with his knee. And as a result, the coroner's report, two of them, one official and one um, that the family requested through their attorney and they both uh, pretty, made, pretty much came up with the same thing. The only difference is one made, the official one made a lot of references to the substances in George Floyd's bloodstream as far as drugs and the other one really did not uh, make that emphasis he made the emphasis on the pressure on the neck. But they both came down with the same uh, diagnosis that uh, the subject died as a result of asphyxia that was caused by the pressure on the neck. So we see the officer hand in pocket, sunglasses on top of forehead. Now, when I first saw this incident, I did the, and I said this on the Raider Cop news program that we launched in June, and another one's going to come after this one. We came up with 16 points in that first uh, news article to really alert people, and uh, we're going to be coming out with another one at the end of the month. 
but one of the things that I had mentioned was he's the officer now. At some point, there has to be a report, correct? I mean, subject was detained and arrested through some force, some physical aspect, and they're going to have to start writing why, right? And this officer was probably going to write that George Floyd was resisting arrest. But in the eight minutes and 46 seconds that you see and I see and everybody saw, there was no resistance. Not to the degree of what they were doing. Of course, nobody wants to be on the ground. It was, uh, you know, one of the points I would always say when I was an instructor in use of force, if you throw a subject on a hot pavement, asphalt, in Florida during the summer, you can bake an egg on that freaking thing. So to say that he was actively resistant, well, crap. He's on a frying pan. So those were points that sometimes they weren't very well received by the audience or the officers. But you had to because those were going to be the points of the defense attorney. Like there were other points that I would make, such as when you write a report, you should write the truth. You should write how you felt. You see, when officers write reports, and we definitely are going to get into this in other shows, but just to make a brief point today, they write about their heroism how they were the underdog. They saved the day. They're never going to write on the point of, I was in fear. I was scared. The defendant punched me and it hurt. They really don't want to write that. Taken down to the ground, placed in an arm bar, handcuffs applied. Much more theatrical. But there are huge mistakes with those things. Because there is a level of fear in any encounter of force. Because number one, even if the officer is bigger than the subject, the officer still has to fear. They are carrying a deadly weapon in the form of a gun. That if they do the wrong thing, the gun might end up in the bad guy's hand. And that wouldn't be a good thing. So... Eight minutes, 46 seconds, we see the officers placing force on the neck of George Floyd. And uh, he says, I can't breathe. And he makes reference to his mother. A lot of that stuff is heartbreaking. I don't care what he has done. Nobody deserves, you know, to die in that way. And I think that's across the board. Everybody feels like that. But what we have is civilians now on the scene videotaping this and they're giving encounter to the officer. Remember, hands in the pocket, sunglasses on forehead, executing force with his knee, a 
applying pressure to George Floyd's neck. And they start saying he can't breathe. Uh, One woman, I believe, said he's bleeding from his mouth or his nose. And you see the guy just, the officer just staring at them. And that, my friends, is called deliberate indifference. Now, you might say, well, what what in the world is a deliberate indifference? Because not all our friends are up to this stuff. So I'm going to read you the definition of deliberate indifference. It is a conscious or reckless disregard of the consequences of one's acts or omissions. It entails something more than negligence but is satisfied by something less than acts or omissions for the very purpose of causing harm or with knowledge that harm will result. So, you basically know you have to act. Those are the two dummies that are on the other side and the one doing crowd control that did a bad job. They did not act. Now, there is talk that one of the officers that were holding the lower of midsection extremities said, do we want to sit him up? I believe that that officer is a transfer from someplace else, and he had a little bit of seniority and a little bit of smarts. But uh, bad boy with the bad attitude, hands in pocket, and sunglasses that wasn't paying attention. Ah, no, we ain't doing that. Because he was all that in the back of a, a six-pack. And uh, that officer, although he pointed it out, didn't do anything about it. And it could be a, as a result of his status of probation that he didn't. I know that his attorneys already grabbed on to that loophole. It's going to be difficult to get through that in court um, for the state because that is a factor. So he's new. He knows what needs to be done. He he mentions it. It's disregarded. Now he's got to make a conscious decision. Of course, he decided just to continue assisting in how he was assisting, which became a grave mistake. But we go back to home slice with the sunglasses and hands in pocket. Now the crowd is telling them play by play of what they're seeing. One of the uh, videographers there basically says, I was in the academy. I know all, all about first responding. And he makes some very good points too. I used to teach as an instructor especially in the area of use of force, you have to be, in order to avoid deliberate indifference, an active participant in a force or an emergency situation. One of the things I used to tell officers, don't be that guy on camera with your hands in your pocket. Look at this dummy. He's executing force with his hands in his pocket. Even dumber. And... You want to cover all corners. Now, let's take real quickly the officer that was doing crowd control. 
if they were actually doing something constructive, I would say that they were busy and preoccupied with that, moving the crowd from the street to the sidewalk. He did do that. He did tell them stupidly how he told them, get on the sidewalk, I'm going to arrest you, which I don't think that was necessary, but um, he should have continued that role, not looking so nonchalant to damn self, he would have been an active participant engaged in a situation. And he would have probably at some point been considered at least to be disregarded from <coughs> the officers conducting the malfeasance because he was busy doing something else. But this dummy didn't do anything else, and the and the witnesses are telling him he's bleeding, he's this, he's that. I, I was in the academy, you don't know what you're doing. And they're not responding. They're deliberate indifference. So the reckless ass act or omission of doing something or what you're doing, you're knowing full well that can cause harm. And uh, knee on the carotid artery, he knew he was going to cause harm. All right, I want to talk about today, um, I'm recording this on the 13th of June, and the chief of police of the Atlanta Police Department resigned after an officer-involved shooting in a Wendy's. A subject's name was uh, by the name of Brooks. He was sleeping in some type of drive through of a Wendy's. Officers in Atlanta PD pulled up. And uh, I guess they woke him up and they were doing some type of sorority test and all this, thinking he was drunk. And uh, a scuffle ensued. They wrestled around with the guy for 30 seconds. And somehow the subject grabbed the taser out from one of the officers. So now, technically, the subject has a weapon. He eludes officers. He's running from them, not towards them, in the parking lot. Officer gives chase, both of them, one a little faster than the other. But somehow the subject turns and he points the taser at the officer and the officer has his weapon out and shoots what the report is. I, I couldn't hear the shots on the video feed that I saw. That there was no audio. He shot three rounds, hitting the subject and killing him. So, based on that information and what I saw, I would say there is some... Uh, there is some legal standard for the officer to execute deadly force because the taser could have shot him in the eye it could have been a deadly situation let's let's just say that there was also maybe wasn't the taser that he had i mean remember they're running he's turning so what did that officer actually 
believe he had in his hand. Yes, he knows he had the taser, but did he grab a gun from his waistband? That could be another issue as well. Now, before everybody wants to throw tomatoes and say I'm defending the cop, I'm not. I'm looking at it based on my experience, my knowledge level, and what I saw. All right, so the Atlanta police chief resigns because the mayor couldn't find the podium fast enough to grab the microphone and say that the officer that shot the three rounds needs to be fired immediately. And at that point, the chief resigns. Maybe not because of that statement, but maybe because the NAACP of Georgia asked for her resignation, the chief's, and she complied. Don't know what the exact reason is, but she did. I actually believe it's because it's a runaway zoo. That's why the chief left. The mayors think they're the police chief now. We're starting to see the same thing in Seattle, Washington. The chief over there, Chief Best, was interviewed, and a lot of this stuff will be on the show notes, about the occupiers, not the protesters, not the rioters, but the occupiers. You, you can't take over seven city blocks, including a police station, and set up barriers. First thing they did, they set up walls. And then they said that the president's nutty. They set up walls. They were looking for armament. Wow. Hypocrisy at its best over there at the liberal libs with the the wacky libs. And you just can't do that. Civil liberties from residents have been stolen by these thugs because you have to be detained and asked by whoever these creeps are, where do you live, where are you going, who you are. That's a violation of our civil liberties. Government has to act. Government has the paramount duty to protect its citizens. As the mayor of Seattle sits on thumbs, the governor, I don't, I believe they woke him up the other day and kind of explained to him what was going on. Clueless also. Democratic run cities. I'm going to finish with this and we're going to go back to Atlanta. So here you have, there's an article in Seattle where they asked the mayor, what do you think about, you know, the occupiers or whatever, whatever they call these weirdos. And the mayor says, I think it's great. They're patriots. This, what a goof, patriots. And they asked the chief and the chief goes, I don't like it. And you know, I got to make it look good. So she said, I believe in the First Amendment, but I don't, I don't like what's going on. So there is a tug of war there because there's another runaway freaking mayor in Seattle like there is one in Atlanta, like there's 
or a bunch of them doing the coronavirus like there were a bunch of governors also out of control. If you can't put two and two together because you're too thick-skulled, there's a freaking mental block in your head. The Bolshevik states of America are running wild. Constitution is float out the window. They're pushing the law as far as they can go to see what they can get away with. And there is absolutely almost no resistance on the other side. So you're seeing this in Seattle. The chief and the mayor looks like they're about to have a tangle in the future. We're looking at Atlanta. The chief finally says, I'm out of here. And the mayor is running amok. We look at the mayor of Washington, D.C., throwing out the National Guard um, and some of the stupidity there with writing on the city streets, uh, Black Lives Matters, the initials and naming streets, Black Lives Matter. Don't get me wrong. That's their city. They can, you know, do that stuff. That, that's fine. But I believe it's the wrong time to do it. And I believe you're sending a wrong message to even the officers that work for you. I mean, there's no common sense in any of these situations. So we look at Atlanta. The mayor said, we'll not stand for this. And they keep on saying about systematic uh, racism in law enforcement. So I said, well, let me look at how many mayors... Atlanta has had that are Democrat. I nearly fell out of my chair when I discovered that the last Republican mayor of the city of Atlanta was in 1879. I'll repeat that again. 1879 was the last Republican mayor. They've been all Democrat. And we go back to 1974. They've all been black mayors. They've all been Democrat since 1879. 46 years a black mayor has been in charge. This is like Joe Biden with 44 years under his belt talking about we're going to fix this is is it me how do I, so you're asking for chiefs of police resignation that maybe they've been a chief for a couple of years to try to bring some type of reform into the agency let's say realistic no no it's taking too long and you got these groups for 40 years and it runs amok. Because what you're witnessing and what I'm witnessing on television has nothing to do with George Floyd any longer. Those protesters packed up a long time ago. What you're seeing here now is 
a Bolshevik groups taking over because of their hate for America. And they want to destroy policing. And you hear with defund the police. And they're going along with it. We're also going to talk about uh, one agency that's out there with some goofy stuff. I've blown 40 minutes and I haven't even, I'm on like a third line of my outline. That's how bad this is. All right, so the chief resigns. That shooting went down. We're going to hear a whole bunch of smack about that. Evil doer cops. But based what I'm seeing, there is some type of justification you can see him pointing. The subject is back towards the officer. What view did the officer have? What did he presume was in his hands? just can't say is this a danger how does he know so I'm gonna put that out there okay so the rocks will be flying any second now on that one so we looked at the eight minutes and 46 seconds we looked at you know George Floyd in in that situation we looked at Atlanta we looked at Seattle and we're just touching the surface here folks we're, we're not getting in there. Qualified immunity. Qualified immunity for those that are dying to find out what that is. Two statements I want to make. First one is not only police officers or law enforcement officers have qualified immunity. So do politicians. But basically, if you conduct an act during the commission of your job and it might have been under some type of unlawful pretext you are immune to any type of prosecution so it's a little slippery slope there is no law that protects you the Supreme Court has ruled that through uh, doctrines, legal doctrine, this could be done. But the Democrats for, oh gosh, um, I want to say 40, 50 years have sat on their thumbs, haven't argued it. And all of a sudden, this situation goes down. They put down qualified immunity. At, we want to get rid of that. They've never argued it. What the Supreme Court ruled earlier. And uh, it, it deserves its own episode because it's a little lengthy. All right. So qualified immunity, we, we took a quick stab at that. I want to talk about one agency. I'm not going to mention who the agency is, but they have a little poster out. And it's a bunch of bullshit. And I think it's important to start calling bullshit out as you see it because this is episode 144 of the shit show and on their little flyer they got a cute little name for it it's uh, the eight can't wait some baloney like that here's what they say that needs to be reformed immediately it's according to the little posters they put like little cartoons on there 
of what they're going to move forward on. So through their cartoon captions, I'm going to try to decipher what this crap is all about. The eight can't wait. And um, first one that they have is banned chokeholds. Now, agency heads are coming out all around the country like complete buffoons and idiots. And they get some brownie points and they're saying chokeholds are hereby banned. And it's the most stupid, idiotic thing that you can do. First thing you need to do is get some data as to what type of injuries have chokeholds done. Now, in Florida, they were outlawed. I can't remember off the top of my head, but sometimes in the 90s because of incident that occurred. And then there was modifications to chokeholds with this thing called the LVNR and it was how the officer would position their arms so they wouldn't put uh, direct pressure on the carotid artery and I don't want to get into the scientific uh, protocols of that but there have been modifications to it so when you say outlaw no, no, you will not use a chokehold. You're wrong. And I'll give you a case in point. If it is a deadly force incident where the subject has the officer and the only means the officer, he doesn't have a weapon, uh, his secondary weapon is inoperative, he's being beat by the subject, subject is a lot bigger, a lot stronger, knows... Uh, more fighting skills than he does, you're telling me that if he applies or she applies a chokehold to save their life or the life of someone else, it's forbidden? You're a moron. You might as well just take that gun and empty it. This, this is upsetting to me because it's a simple line. Chokeholds can only be used during a life-threatening event. But you don't handcuff the officers. So right, right off the bat, I got no respect for this. And I'm even seeing the people that are liking it. I'm ashamed themselves. You, got, you, you know, you, uh, can you read? All right. Required de-escalation. When I was a use of force instructor, I was the only person that taught de-escalation in my entire agency. I advocated for it, and I said it should be a standalone class. That email that I sent out, I bet you it's in a lot of these commanders' e uh, inbox. Just sitting there still. Ought to be ashamed of themselves. Now you want to teach de-escalation. And here's a, here's, a, here's a quiz, quiz question. We'll look at it some other time. De-escalation. When does it start and when does it stop? <clears throat> For those that have taken my class, they know exactly what I just said. All right. Warning before shooting. Really? Really? But is it a pamphlet you got to give out? Now, usually, you know, you get the uh, freeze, halts, uh, police, and you get all that. 
you do get some sound effects because they do train that. The louder the officer is, the more witnesses can see. Mandating it? How do you know you're going to have that time? All right. I'll give you half a point for that one. But I still don't like it. Exhausting all alternatives before shooting. Are you serious? Have they ever read state statute? I mean, this is disgusting. Okay, duty to intervene. State statute. Hello. Banning shooting at a moving vehicle. You know, when I was in the academy, an instructor told us that. And I remember that I was a smart ass that I scored a 99 in law when I was in the academy. 9-9. And uh, I raised my hand and I said... How about if the vehicle's coming towards me? And I remember the instructor, and I'm not going to talk bad because he's deceased, but he told me, uh, he tried to get real, you know, well, you know, you, you can't, how can you shoot reliably, you know? He tried to, you know, fix it up, but I told him the vehicle's coming at me. I don't have any place I can exit. I'm in an alleyway. He goes, well, we could do hypotheticals all day, but look, 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 hey, let's just cut to the chase here. No, you can't do it. That wasn't what an instructor needed. If, if they threw something at you in the gallery, deal with it. Didn't deal with it. Here we are, 32 years later. This bullshit, it's on paper. The vehicle's coming at me. Hello, McFly. This is like the chokehold. You don't write this crap. All right, next one. Uh, establish a use of force continuum. <laughs> oh, God. Continuum is where we were at in the 80s. It was a cluster of people. Subject does this, officer does that. It did not work. The United States Supreme Court said this is garbage. They threw it out. These buffoons are putting it back in. They're writing it. They're, what is this? The eight can't wait. Are you freaking stupid? You're taking a communist manifesto and you're trying to stuff it inside your agency and make yourself look good while shit is pouring outside the bag. You know what? I've had it. But anyway, that's the, that's it. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back and forth. Right after the show, I'm going right back to the couch. That's it. All right. All right. So um, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to touch anything else. We're going to leave it at that. There will be a part two next week. So when you ask me what's up, episode uh, 145 is going to be the shit show part two, because uh, I'm not going to stop with this. I can't. I can't. This is upsetting that this crap is being put on paper that these individuals actually think this is a solution. This isn't a solution. This is right up against state statute. This is right up against common sense. This is right up against stupidity. Because somebody has a freaking agenda, said, you don't put that down, no justice, no peace, and? All right. All right. Um, our song of the week from now on folks we're, we're playing doo-wop so if you don't know what doo-wop is I'll, I'll attach it to the show notes because we're running out of time alley-oop 
that's our that's our song of the week. And um, I know you should get upset at these things. And I believe wholeheartedly that George Floyd was killed um, for no reason at all. I believe that there is plenty of room for demonstration. I believe that there are some valid points that the African-American community is stating. But I believe that we're in stupid mode. Officers kneeling, officers lying on floors. I saw one chief of police handcuffed behind his back. What the hell are you doing, man? That uniform that you're, 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 you're scrubbing the floor with, people died in. Get your dignity, man. Don't ask me to kneel down, and I don't. I only kneel for one, and that's the Lord and Maker, the Creator, Jesus Christ. That's it. And if you ain't Him, keep moving. Okay. This is this is upsetting. The communists are winning. We're all caught up in emotion, doing whatever the hidden agenda of the communist is. Are we're going to lose it all, folks. They're going to pull the plug on our cops. Who the hell wants to be a cop with this stupidity? Now, I do want to close with this. Talk some exciting news for a little bit. Make me happy again. The Radio Cop Podcast has recently started an affiliate program with the United States Concealed Carry Association, USCCA. And we're excited about it. We have looked at the material that they sent us. And we were taken back by the amount of training and resources that you have at your fingertips. So, I mean, for me to, to, to brag about this product, the USCCA, yes, I can. I can brag about it all day long. And if you're interested, of course, in being a, mo a member, we are an affiliate program. It does help the program. And all you have to do is text uh, to 87222, 87222, the word Raider. doesn't matter if it's higher, uh, uppercase or lowercase. Again, the number is 87222 and type in Raider and they will send you a link for um, membership consideration and that's linked to us and we do get a little bit of the beans off of that and that helps the podcast again we're not going to be rich on that we're not going to be rich on any of this we do this because it's something we like I owe a tremendous amount of gratitude to my co-host and uh, when I call them, they, they always come out and they're a wealth of information. But uh, this helps us out because we are, uh, you know, expanding. Remember, my saying is never stay a midget. You want to grow. So we're thinking about going into YouTube. And I talked to you about my co-host, my little buddy, which is in training. He's sleeping under my feet right now. 
and uh, he's in training for a whole year. He's a total of five months, so he's got a lot to go, a lot to learn too. And then we're going to be featuring uh, my co-host Milo, which is an Australian Shepherd. It's a herding dog. So it's not a guard dog. It's not a German Shepherd. So we're going to show the intelligence of this breed is out is amazing, and um, so it helps us out in doing that and a couple of other things that we want to we want to do in the future. So consider it. It's again, all you got to do is text eight seven two 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 eight seven two 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 and text in Raider and that links uh, to the USCCA our affiliation with them also we're going to have branding it's going to be on the show notes too you will see their logo you click on that and that also you can become a member there these are bad times we live in if you're a concealed carrier listen to me closely and you have no protection at all you might as well just keep the weapon in the drawer at home you got to have protection these wackos are going to come at you if the subject came at came at you with a with a gun with a butcher knife he was standing two feet every news media camera was pointing at the bad guy the world saw you had no other choice than to shoot him. They're still coming after you. They're still going to sue you. You need protection. And that's in the form of USCCA. Wholeheartedly, I support it. Not because I'm an affiliate. I was taken back by the amount of product that you get. Resources. They've got tactical training classes. They've got online stuff to keep you up to date on legal. I mean, I was like in heaven. I was reading all this stuff. And uh, you learn from their tactical uh, shooting, too, situations and stuff like that. So I encourage you to become a member of the USCCA. There is an affiliation between the Radio Cop Podcast and them. But we are proud to mention the USCCA on this program. As always, it has been my honor and pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Nation. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family. Continue to pray for your community. Continue to pray for the law enforcement agency that serves you. You need them. And continue to pray for our beloved country, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike. Till we meet again.